back to another episode of the Stay House Podcast. It's your boy Chris, legendary Stay House Podcast. I'm joined by a couple of the homies. We found Calvin. And uh, JB is back for another episode to talk Last Dance. Uh, Yes, sir. We'll be joined later uh, by a couple of stragglers and hangers on. What up, fellas? Good man. Yeah. What's good, bro? That last dance, dude. It's 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 finally over. It's surreal. It's like <sighs> part of me died on Sunday. Brings tears to my eyes, man. It's oh, that's the most I've watched right ESPN now. in years. Right. <laughs> well, hey, and, and I don't know. Else, they got some. They got some uh, some commentators on there. That have uh, some some interesting perspectives, so I, I, I tune in occasionally, you know, to get informed. Yes, I, I I used to enjoy some of those perspectives, but then their perspectives got a little annoying. So, fair enough. Yeah, and you know, there's other networks who've uh, created like knockoff versions of them that are very very good knockoffs. So, this is true. But hey, it's all about perspective. Yep. That it is. That it is. So, last dance, uh, we left off at 8, and we're going to do a little rewind, but we can talk about 9 and 10, and what that was basically surrounding, we got really to, to more, these two episodes were more game footage, game action, than the first eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you still had some other things, peripheral stuff going on. You talked about Steve Kerr. And uh, how him and Michael Jordan have some similarities that they could have connected on but didn't. Um, but it was kind of like an unspoken connection they may have had. Um, but for the most part, we, we talked about, you know, just game situations, the Jazz and the Pacers. So what are your thoughts, fellas? Um, Cal, what's your thoughts on episode 9 and 10, brother? You know, I liked how they uh, put the whole connective tissue together, you know. They really touched on how Steve Kerr. One thing, you know what? One thing about this documentary, man, that stood out to me, and I'm, and and, and this all ties into nine and ten, is that it Jordan. That what they're doing is they're telling you the why behind why Jordan did what he did. Why did he push them the way he pushed them? And even though it might have been controversial, or uh, some may call it bullying, or whatever the case may be. It, it wasn't because he was doing it just because. He was doing it because he knew what he was coming up against. He knew what he faced before he became a champion. And in order to continue to stay on that high plateau, you got to be on his level. So he got them there. So, so when then when they tied into the 97 NBA Finals, and then you had Steve Kerr who hit that shot, Michael respected him and he trusted him because he knew that Steve Kerr can handle the pressure. If you can handle my pressure, and I'm the best player in the world, then I know you're going to be able to handle anybody else's pressure. And to me, that's, that's kind of like how it all tied in was just uh, Mike telling his, his story or his truth, his why as why he pushed them the way he pushed them and how it benefited them and how it got them to where it got them. Uh, you know, so I, I, I think the whole documentary is just well done, man. Like, from beginning to end, every episode just kind of have you at the edge of your seat. It's the greatest documentary I've ever watched, honestly. 
OJ documentary might be number two. But yeah, that was probably the best one I've ever seen. You know what I mean? Uh, so I don't know. I, I think it was really good. It tied in well together. And then it hit me with the emotional part at the end of episode 10, where Jordan's faced with the question of, you know, basically, do you think you guys could have ran it back for seven? Mm-hmm. And Mike's like, yeah, we could have ran it for seven. But, you know, Reinsdorf, and I, that's the thing. What we end up finding out was Jerry Krause was painted to be the villain in the beginning. Towards the end of the documentary, mm-hmm. what we really found out is that Reinsdorf is a real villain in all of this because, dude, the buck stops with you. You are the owner. You have full control over all of this. And Mike said, why would you, if you're going to say what you said about giving Phil, hey, Phil, come back for one more year, why you didn't say that in the beginning of the year? Why you didn't say that when Kraus said, hey, you can go 82-0 and 0 and you're not coming back? Why you didn't say that then? Why say it now? And that's what it's like, you know, it was no way of repairing that relationship. But uh, amazing. Huh? I wish it was episode 16, 18, 19, 20. Right. <laughs> JB, what, what up? What you what you feel on it, man? Nine and ten. I mean, it was it was amazing. I, I, I was a big fan of the non-linear storytelling anyway. Yeah. So at nine, when you got a chance to see it, you know, kind of come from through every episode we were talking about the 98 season and then leading up to the end of that and then, you know, piecing in things from the past. So then those things kind of collide. You're right there. Um, bro, that, that Pacer series, I, I appreciate that they went so deep into that one. Um, it was, it was a monster. I mean, I mean, we only got a little bit of it, um, but it was, it was enjoyable to watch a lot of that footage. Uh, what was, what was, conspicuously absent from these two episodes uh, was my favorite part of the documentary was the, the musical breakdown that we used to get through, through the other ones. It was none of that. It was all business at this point. It was, you know, game footage. They weren't doing the, the highlight montages. Um, and yeah, I appreciate the jam track. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and I like Pearl Jam. That was not a good choice. That was not a good choice. Hey, Mike was jamming though. Mike was jamming to something. <laughs> Kenny Lattimore. Kenny Lattimore. He's a friend of mine. This ain't, this one ain't even out yet. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. He bobbing his head super hard. Yeah, Kenny Lattimore I, ain't got no jams like that. I was, I was wondering about that. I'm like, who goes that hard on Kenny? La- like, none against Kenny Lattimore. I like his music. Very smooth brother. It ain't but, that. It ain't gonna how you just bobbing your head like that. He's a smooth brother. That's that's all it is. Is you don't you don't nod your head like that. Nah, not that hard. You might get a little, a little. I know the the listeners can't see me, but a little never too busy action. There you go. But Mike Mike had the MOP head nod right there. <laughs> <laughs> Something ain't adding up. Something definitely wasn't adding up. Um, can we talk about <laughs> the Reggie Miller shot? The push off when, when he pushed the heck out of Mike, and I loved it. <laughs> and I'm a Bulls fan. I hate but the it. reason why I loved it was because I could respect that Reggie wasn't scared of Mike. Yes, he was not. He knows who Michael Jordan is, but he's like, I'm Reggie Miller, and I'm gonna do what I do. I can't do what you do, 
but I can do what I do. And he hit him with, I mean, he, he now we talk about Brian Russell. That was a push. <laughs> and I, I like that the refs didn't call it either. Like that to me kind of cheapens it, right? If you, if you bail Mike out with a, with a foul call at that point, we get robbed of a really great playoff moment. And I guess I could feel that way about it because ultimately the Bulls won that series. Yeah. That was a heck of a shot, man. Heck of a shot. It at the time, I, I I'll never forget that game. Um, if I recall, it was Memorial Day, and I was at work, and I worked in a department store. So everybody, like customers, employees, we all right, in the TV right. section. And and this joint, we watching like a whole fourth quarter. Ain't nothing moving in this department store, dude. Right. <laughs> and, and Reggie does that push off. You talking about livid, mad, mad, and like you said, I I can appreciate it now in retrospect, knowing what eventually happened. Right in that moment, I'm like, uh, we didn't need that. Nah, I was livid. But, but then, shot. but then, Mike, the, the shot, almost like that is probably the coldest miss <laughs> in playoffs. Oh, he double. <laughs> He double. I forgot him. about that too. Double. I did too until I watched this. I, I honestly didn't remember that shot. I remember Reggie's. I did not remember Mike's until I saw it. I was like, man, if he'd have hit that, Reggie would have retired that day. And Larry Bird, Larry Bird's face at the time, because he, he know, knew. he know. Larry got that work before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he know who the goat is. Exactly. Big Sean. What's going on, people? Big What's Sean. happening? What's, up, What's going down? What's good? We're in the middle of talking about episodes 9 and 10. Uh, we focused on the uh, that Pacer series from 98. That was a good series. <laughs> man. <laughs> scary. <laughs> it was a scary good series, man. It's uh, yes. It's funny because I remember, you know, before the documentary came out, you know, I had just been looking at some old games and, you know, being removed from, you know, we were seniors in high school then, but it's like I had, I forgot, man, how tough a series that was. Um, but it was, it was a real good series, you know, even the fact that, you know, especially game seven, Kuko started, needed to bring him out because he couldn't, you know, he couldn't stop the Davis boy, know, you know. He, <laughs> so getting all that work. Oh yeah, they was you know, it was giving them that work. So you know, they was saying get some, right? <laughs> right. I, I mean, I've heard that in a while. <laughs> hey, don't worry, brother. Hey, as soon as we can, you'll hear it. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it, it was it was a great series. We were talking about Reggie's shot uh, to end game five. Uh, even even though it was a push off, it was still huge shot. And then we had we had all forgot how close Mike's shot came to actually still winning the game. Right. With that just wow. under one second left, so it was. That's really one of the great games that that we've seen. Uh, mm -hmm. Ending to that. I think there was a bit of a coaching error in that too. Looking back, because mm -hmm. what. What Indiana had an issue with, and I guess this was just the style of play at the time. They played so slow and methodical. 
that it was really hard for them to get into their offense because Mark Jackson is backing down 94 feet. He's taking 20 right. seconds to get to the three-point line. You got no time to set up your offense. <laughs> the coaching error that I say that they made was not playing Jalen Rose. Because he was he was a little bit of a, a wild card. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was still young and not that he was a, a stone cold killer like that, but he would have brought a little bit different energy. Um, thank goodness Larry didn't do that. <laughs> you know, things <laughs> might could have potentially turned out differently because I mean, it was it was just that flimsy. Yeah, he was killing Judd Bushler. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. I mean, they would have figured out something. You know what I mean? They they've shut down better players than 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 uh, Jalen Rose for sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying the margins were so slim in that series. You know, something something like that could have made all the difference. Yeah, that's a good thought. Because, um, yeah, Jalen didn't didn't play as much. I know he had commented on that in, um, you know, uh, I, I forget which what it was. If it was I, don't, I don't think it was Jalen or Jacoby, but he had commented on another, another interview. You know, he was happy to, you know, get the minutes that he played. Did, did he only average something like 11 minutes? In the series, something like that. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't a high number. And I think Game Seven, he just kind of sat the whole second half, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Larry didn't trust him for whatever reason. But you know, that's a good point you made because you know, being younger and firepower, and because the margins were so slim, you're right. He could have brought something else that this conversation could be different. Yeah. But hey. <laughs> you think he's trusting him to run the point? Like, cause run you, the point? Nah. you bring it up on Scotty. Nah. Uh-uh. But, but do you put Scotty on Jalen Rose if you feel at that point? Do you waste your top defender on a Jalen Rose? You you put him on Mark Jackson because Mark Jackson was a surgeon with what he did. Now he's he's not flashy, but he's efficient. He's going to get the mm-hmm. ball where it's supposed to go. And it's going to take forever, but he's going to get it there. So you put Scotty on him to kind of interrupt their offense because that slows it down even further. Now Mark Jackson has to try to get around these long pterodactyl wings to try to do anything. I think mm-hmm. if you switch that, maybe that does switch the defense. Maybe, you know, Jalen got to go up against Ron Harper, who's no slouch, but he ain't Pip. Right. Mm-hmm. Pip was something else, you know, defensively. I, I, I I think we forget that some not we, I think Bulls fans probably know, but just around the basketball conversation, because he gets referred to as the Robin so much or the sidekick or whatever, you know, people people don't really respect or understand what a defensive terror Pippen was. He was definitely one through four. I ain't gonna say one through five because it was real centers back then. Mm-hmm. But anybody, you know, six one to six ten, he can guard him. You know what? That's the other thing I took out of this, though, was that Scotty didn't get the respect he probably should have got. Yeah, I feel like, and, and and I'm Mike. Mike is to me, he's the goat. Mike is my favorite player of all time. But you know, he has some creative directory towards this. Like, I don't understand why it wasn't enough highlighting of Scotty's achievements as so more so of remembering some of his downfalls, you know? I don't know. I, I would have liked to see more highlighting of him. More I highlighting agree. of Scotty? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And I'd have been cool with seeing more flaws from Mike. I think I think he came off a little too polished. 
yes, we got to see the the jerk, but it was framed in such a way that he's just so passionate. He was so passionate that he punched Steve Kerr in the eye and calling grown men up their names. <laughs> so we get we let him get away with it because it's we in the so spirit of competition, though. which I mean those things are real, but let's 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 deal with the fact that Mike was not infallible. He was he was a flawed individual. And I, I personally think that with those flaws and the accomplishments, that makes him the GOAT. Not because you mm-hmm. never failed or not because you never made mistakes or you were always perfect. It's because you had these things that you had to overcome and still did it. Hmm. But we talked about slick like that. That's a yeah. major flaw, having slick in your life. And you see how that switched up, too. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that, that was a big part of, I believe it was episode, it was toward the end of episode nine when we were talking about Gus. And that got me thinking about his, his entourage later on in life. You know, it wasn't almost slicks. Um, Mike had to grow up, yep. but get it. We I would have liked to have seen the. We got in depth with Gus, and we got to see the rest of his entourage. We heard about mm-hmm. Slick. We heard about some of the other golf partners, but it was you know according to people that was around, they say Mike was, you know, he was hanging out with a bunch of hood dudes. Like it takes Scoop Jackson to talk about it. Um, he, he shined some light on some things that I didn't even really realize, I guess, because I was too young. But he was like, you know, young Mike, young Mike pull up to the park and he hooping with everybody. Like he was in all the hoods all the time, he used to play in, you know, all the tournaments and be with the, the, park. the most, most gangster yeah. cat. Yeah. Um, which is, I'm sure, how he ends up hooking up with like a slick. Somebody knew to put them two in the same sit you know, put them in the same place. Mike was kind of the mark in that situation. <laughs> you ain't going to tell me Slick just going to be up in the country club just <laughs> on accident. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Yeah, but you know, it's like, I guess at the end, it's still a product that Mike had to accept all the editing, right? Correct. So, right. Correct. You know, yeah, you're gonna, we're going to see so much you know, of, of, of his flaws. Yeah, what people like to see a little bit more. Yeah, right. But Mike not going to let you see, hey, more about, you know, who's slick and some of the other cats he, he ran with. Hey, I have a competition problem. Okay. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. I got a competition problem. Right, okay. Like, no, nah, Mike, I got a competition problem. You got a gambling problem, bro. well. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I mean, he still has stuff at Foster Park artists because I work at Foster Park. So they still throw tournaments yeah. and everything. So he's still very well connected, you know, to it in, in that respect. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I kind of have, you know, mixed feelings. Um, I, I like what was shown. Yeah, is there more to it? I'm, I'm sure. Are there more flaws? I, you know, absolutely. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I think, and, and you all, I mean, hey, as ball players, you all know how it is, man. You, you, you have Pat, you're trying to drive your teammates. You know, you know how you think. And we've all done or said some, some jerkish things, you know, at times. And I, and I understand his, his passion. And I think one of the reasons he started crying about if you don't want to play that way then, because I look so deep. If you really dig deep in the mic, what is you dig deep into any of our childhood? What is Mike running away from? Think about it. Mike had to get over the hump of beating his brother Larry. 
who was better than him at ball and apparently at other stuff. Because his brother, right. his older brother said Larry was good at everything, right? So I got to get over this hump of beating Larry. I get cut from, from the basketball team. What? I don't ever want to get cut again. So his whole right. focus now is I can never get I can, you know, it's like people running away from being poor. You yeah. know, once you've been poor, yeah. you don't ever want to go back there, right? Right. So right. That fear motivates you in another way that's unparalleled. So it's the same fear that Mike had. He never wanted to be back average. So it drove him. And did it drive him to do some jerkish things? Absolutely. We've all played with those type of people and probably have been that person. <laughs> and, and, ain't, and ain't Mike. <laughs> and, and right. <laughs> you know? And, and not him, but that, that drive and that passion pushes you to do that. And I think that in the end, that's what he ultimately wanted from all of his you know, teammates. But I also think in that cry, he realized, you know what, perhaps I did push some people a little too hard on in certain ways that maybe weren't as beneficial for them. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, I it's, mean, and that's that's real. But I kind of I kind of stand the same in the same place. Mike stand with that. Like, you know, it wasn't like he was bullying children. Mm-hmm. These are all grown men. Mm-hmm. These are all grown men, and you had an opportunity to either accept what Mike was doing or not. You, if you chose, if you chose to eat it, you can't really, you can't really come back twenty years later, you know, and talk about how Mike was this or that. You had an opportunity to challenge that in the moment. Some mm-hmm. people did. Some people did. Right. Like if 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 Mike keeps you from eating food on the airplane, <laughs> Mike could not have kept me from eating food on the airplane. <laughs> that's at absolutely. All. There's no way that's gonna happen. That's not. That's not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. <laughs> I don't believe hey man, that. Look, I don't believe that. I'm gonna believe, go ahead and eat these wings. I believe it entirely. Four rebounds? Okay. You don't eat. <laughs> right. But you know, but like, but like the point is though, he'll say you'll do it to people. If you can get away with it, you do it. So no, exactly. hey, don't bring hey, don't bring him nothing. Now it's probably he mean it, but it's in jest. But if Grant don't stand up for nothing, you know, this impressive steward, it's oh, okay. You know, she'll do it. No, girl, you better. Four rebounds, I don't care. You know, bring me four trays of wind, whatever the case is. Right. So you know, <laughs> you, you right. do have to st- you do have to stand up for yourself because if you don't, it, it, no one's gonna respect you. I don't care who you are. Not sure. at all. You Not soft, all. they want you off the team because when it comes down to us playing real competition, they're gonna treat you worse. And if I think you can't stand up and help us carry this team, then why are we together? Right. And I think that's the angle Mike was coming from. It wasn't always – he didn't always go about it the right way, per se. But that was the angle he was coming from. Like, they going to treat you worse than I treat you. Mm-hmm. you know, even when they played the Pistons, you know, uh, I never forget the story of Horace caught the elbow and Horace mm-hmm. went down. You know, back then Horace had the reputation for being whiny. Mike was like, yeah. you better get up. Don't you go crying no referees. Don't, don't you let them see you hurt. Get up and ball out. So it's like Mike was just – he had the attitude like, they're not going to beat us up. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to let none of y'all look weak so they can keep trying to beat us up. I'm tired of this. Right. Or uh, And the thing is, even if you get beat up, man, because that's, that's, that happens, right? Right. You may, have to, you may stand up for yourself and you might get smacked down. But the fact of the matter is you did stand up for yourself. My moms used to have a, a 
less than eloquent way of saying this, trying to see how I could keep it radio friendly. So it wasn't always uh <laughs> radio edit. <laughs> All right, here, here's how I can here's how I can say it. In order to whoop something, you got to bring something. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, you've been in a fight. You might lose, but they know you was in a fight, and they're not mm-hmm. going to try you so quickly again. Even if it's yeah. just a matter of man, that 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 punk tired me out. I had to whoop him, but I was tired. I thought I'm gonna leave him alone. Yeah. Or I respect the fact that this person stood up to me. Like you, I'm sorry, you just cannot tell me as a grown up, I'm not gonna eat food that's that's there for me. Why don't you come get these wings for me, Mike? You don't you don't want me to eat? <laughs> Pretty come, come much. Take come take them. And you know what, too, that and that's that's where it it kills me how. Some would like to say that maybe Mike wasn't a great leader because of the fact of how he pushed individuals. And my opinion is, is that if Mike didn't push them, I mean, think about some of the players he played with, man. Like in, in, the, in the early 90s, he played with Bobby Hansen and Scott Williams. You know, Stacey King was solid. You know, some of these players are like no-name players, but he elevated them to the point well, they became to help them become champions. But right. they wouldn't get there if Mike was pushing them in that direction. And he wasn't just doing it just to be a bully. He was doing it because he wanted to win. And that, that's that's what I took out of it. Like, I want somebody like that to push me because I may be slacking. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and everybody can't be be led in that way. That's, that's accurate. Some people can't handle that type of tough love, right? Some people can. Right. But is it, is it incumbent on a leader – to change his leadership style for that one person who can't thrive under those conditions, especially if that leader is, is, you know, a, for, a, a, a fellow player, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, maybe Mike could have adjusted it. All right. You know, uh, Horace needs to be treated with kid gloves where I can bark on everybody else. That doesn't really work in a locker room setting. If Horace needs to be coddled, that's the coach's job. This is how I lead. And either you're going to get with it or you're not. And I feel you, you know, and here's here's what I say to here's what I say to that. As a as a leader, what you do is you you take your horse, you take any other player. And okay, if you're a certain way on the court when we practice, we all know. We leave it all out there. Right. When it's over, hey, hey horse, let me holler at you. That's I agree. You, you I see agree. what I'm saying? It's it's one of those, hey man, hey, I'm gonna talk to you like this. Hey, listen, I wanna help you succeed. You know, we go against the Pistons. We got to be tougher than that. So I come at you this way because we have to be tough. We're going against the Pistons. We're going against whomever else. So, hey, man, how about maybe we get together, we do some workouts, some stretch, whatever it, it takes in order to elevate your game to the next level. So a true leader of the team does have to look at, you know, if I have another star caliber player who I need in my top five, let me bring you in this way. Because if once once I tap into here to see how I need to elevate you, you're gonna come and give me 150% every game. So that's that's all I'm saying. You, you know, is that we all in playing organized sports, we can lead, but we all have to be led in a way that's gonna motivate us. And I'm right. not saying, Jimmy, like you gotta, you know, coddle everybody, because yeah, there are some players and it's like, hey man, look, we we, we playing sports, you know, let's right. come on. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? We we not boys out here. We men. So you know, you still have to bring a a, a level of testosterone, right? You know, to the floor. But how I lead you to elevate your game, I may have to change a few things. Word. That that would be ideal. But then I think about what we get, what we learned about Mike from earlier in the series. And Chris, you kind of touched on this as far as, uh, or it might have been you, Sean, uh, Mike's childhood. I don't believe James Jordan was that way. <laughs> what did he mm-hmm. tell Mike when uh when he asked him for a screwdriver? Go in there with your mama. Go in there with your mama, man. Go in there with your mama. You useless out here. He told he told him you ain't gonna be nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, hey, that's motivation. <laughs> and, but, and, and it was. And it was motivation for him, though. It's so I, I think more than anything, I bet was was a large part of the driving force is chasing after his father's approval. And 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 yes. it wasn't like he didn't have it, right? It wasn't like James wasn't in his corner. Right. But I can imagine what that would do to a child, especially when you still gotta go out there and deal with Larry anyway after that. <laughs> and that's just something in the, in the tool belt to use now. If I'm Larry, I'm, I'm all in the mic ear about that. You're gone in there with mama. So I'm going to give you this 32 real quick. <laughs> right. Hey, you know he was doing it. Yep. Absolutely. He's probably like, hey, Mike, hey, why don't you go out there and plant some flowers, bro? That's all you good at. That's all you right. good at. Right. Hey, hey he, probably, he probably dribbling the ball like, hey, these are pliers. You know, okay? These are <laughs> – right. This, is, th- right. this is not a screwdriver. <laughs> 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 you know – you you know your older brother. You know he giving it to you, man. So Absolutely. You, yeah. So like you said, man, a- excellent point. He, he and he said, you know, he was still going for his father's uh, affection. So that was another part of his drive. You think about it, man. I mean, dads are going. I mean, they that way anyway. Yeah. You know, then you, your dad, you you down in the country, man, and, and Wilmington. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You, you know, I mean, y'all know, man. I mean, we, in my opinion, we the we the last of the, of the tough generation because. Cause after us, man, you know, with, with they these, just different. These '90s kids, it's you know, they don't. I don't even know if they know how to change a tire. You even got these '2000s <laughs> kids. It's even worse, <laughs> right? '2000s, man. Yeah, that's another. Right. That's a, <laughs> that's a whole nother. It's, it's topic. It's a different. It's a different breed. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely different rich. breed. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's something yeah. interesting about about Mike and his ascension that was very different. I'm just going to keep it when we talk about, you know, OG basketball players versus new players and all of that. The difference is this. Michael Jordan, who eventually became, you know, arguably the, the greatest. I'm, I'm only saying arguably because there's still some idiots out there, right? We know who the mm-hmm. GOAT is. No debate. But when he showed up in 84 – there was no fanfare. There was no trumpeting. There was no, no red Mike is the chosen one. No red I, used, I use that phrase intentionally. Um, Mike had to earn his <laughs> spot. Mm-hmm. He had to go out there and get the respect of his peers and his, 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 uh, his OGs, his veterans. He had to go out and get the respect from them, and it wasn't through barking. It was through him putting in the work. I would, I would be willing to, to wager that Mike still did all the rookie duties. He still had to deal with all of the being called rook and all that, even though knowing he was the best player, he still had to show that level of respect. Dolores that, wouldn't have had it I any other way. To, huh? Dolores <laughs> wouldn't have had it any other way. 
Hey, Dolores <laughs> is the real MVP. Man. <laughs> yeah, his mom. Yeah. Man. Well, you better pick I appreciate like her so much. <laughs> yeah, boy, but if she wouldn't have made him go trash. to Nike, we'd all been out here wearing uh, shell toes. Shell toe Air Jordans. Shell toe, right. And your you ankles up. <laughs> Hey, you ever thought about that though, man? You know, um, I think it was episode five when he had wore those mics to the garden for the last time. Yes. Yeah. And 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 he said, Man, my feet were bleeding, soap with blood. And I thought about it, I was like, man, you look at those 1984 mics, man. They just like some regular Air Force Ones, bro. Like you can't hoop enough. much. So then Pretty you much. think about it, like all the great players from that time frame only played about nine, ten years. That's probably because they was playing in terrible shoes. <laughs> or they was playing in like Chucks back in the day. Yeah. Chuck, and them, and them was, Converse weapons. Chucks was the deal, man. Yeah. That's all you would have to play in no Chucks flex. right now. Ain't no way. Yeah. Zero ankle support. None. Hey, and that's and that's all they had. That's all he yeah. had. Yeah. And he was That's, on cocaine. And 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 I know we ain't talking, we haven't got to we haven't talked about GOAT conversation and debate yet, but that's where it boils to me. It's like two big arguments for me against LeBron. Because I think LeBron is great. I rank him in my top five easily. You know, he's on the Mount Rushmore to me easily. My biggest thing is, okay, you're in an era, and it's not his fault where the rules are way different, right? Mm. They are basically playing football in the, in the late 80s. And you're in an era where there's so much technology and so much advancement in how to take care of your body. Yes. This dude goes in ice chambers just to heal. They didn't have that back in the 90s. You know what I mean? Then you throw in the fact that they also uh, – how many, how, many, how many seasons has LeBron even hit close to 80 games? He hasn't. Two. He's taking time off. Mike played 80 games every single season. You know what I mean? So you throw all that into fact, and then you throw in the fact that LeBron had to leave Cleveland and join someone else to win. To me, that's what settles the debate for me. Not just 80 to... games. Not just 80 games. You're talking about Cats had to play five games in seven days. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Flying commercial. While while get fine commercial while getting beat up <laughs> while getting beat yes. up and and like you mentioned you know the technology wasn't there the training it wasn't the same people used to work out back then these dudes mm -hmm. have specialized training and nutrition man you seen it on the dock Mike Nim smoking cigars before the game <laughs> drinking beer right after the game right. That's some that's some hey that's some old country boy stuff right there, man. That's, that's really, that's really it. That's really all, it. All them dudes, Mike, North Carolina, Scotty from Arkansas, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or some Georgia, you know what I'm saying? That's some country stuff, dog, after this game, man. You know, smash a couple millers or buds. <laughs> <laughs> no Gatorade. <laughs> no, no Gatorade. No. That's no Gatorade. it. Hey, you know, but yeah, it's a but you know what, man? The mentality though was just it was it was tough, just man. Different. Just, just different. grit. It's grit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just, Fight hey, man, it's, everything. this is what we do. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's grit. Yeah. Now, yeah, as, as a person who's in the fitness, yeah, I, I, all the, you know, advancements, you know, to help you heal and, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? You get more of an athletic life 
Because especially back in the day, man, you know, some injuries, you know, it took guys out. Oh, you busted your knee. Oh, man. Oh. Huh? Look at Larry <laughs> Bird. Look at Larry yeah. Bird. Larry Bird. Prime example. Look at that back. Penny Hardaway, Derrick Rose. D Rose, you know, Penny. You know, Grant Hill. Grant Hill, yeah. You, you know, so I appreciate all that, man. But, um, you know, I, I appreciate everything that that they did, man. And and like they said in the doc, you know, the, the Bulls was a representation of the grid of Chicago. Yes. And I think if anything, that's one thing I appreciate the most, you know, and, and Chicagoans are always associated, you know, with that true grit, you know, and being tough no matter where we are. You know, you get respect. You're going to get some hate now because people oh, yeah. are, y'all think y'all tough, you know, <laughs> but you at least run up on me. <laughs> run up on me if you, if you like. You'll, have, you'll be able to find out one way or the other, right? Then do I am what it, right. Do what it takes to win, man. You know, that's, yeah. it boils down to that. Do what it takes to win, to get mm-hmm. that dub, you know, and I, I hate going back to it because it's been visited and revisited so many times the separation between Jordan and the other dude. But it's the red carpet was rolled out for people. You know, mm-hmm. every the, the scene was perfectly set for him to arrive and, and to mm-hmm. take nothing away from his greatness. It's just Mike battle. He had the right. battle. And that and that's part of the mystique. That's part of the greatness. It's just like, you know, right. it's just like the old old storybook. You 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 watch the knight come in and the dragon beats him. He's got to come back. And he's got to beat the dragon, you know? So mm-hmm. that's what it felt like with Mike, but you don't really get that no more. And then what that creates is that entitlement because absolutely I mean, these dudes now, like even down to this generation, love Zion Williamson. We talking about this kid when he's 15. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's, he's praised as the next great thing at 15, 16 years old. Right. You know, and no, again, nothing against him, nothing against the pub. He's getting, we dip, live in a different world. But right. it's just, it's it's different now. And cats don't have that, that fire, that hunger. You got more people in their ear telling them, you know, they stuff don't stink than people who giving them a hard time. And that goes back, that goes back to James. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, hey boy, it's you very know. difficult to learn in that kind of environment. If you have, you know, everybody around you, telling you how great you are, then where's the, where's the improvement going to come from? Like you got to have some sort of inner drive. And I applaud a lot of these players who have it. Like Zion seems to have it. He seems to have a pretty good head on his shoulders. And I imagine that comes from his family structure, Mm -hmm. but somebody with that kind of hype behind him, how do you, how do you get motivated? Like what is there to, get you over the hump or what's there to get you to that next level. If you look at somebody like Zion versus somebody like Ja, right? Ja got that dog in him because he's gotten, he, you know, got the small school little man's syndrome. He's like, I got something to prove. Mm -hmm. So he's out there going to prove it every night with Zion. He like, I'm here. I don't really have anything to prove. I'm just going to do what I do. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, and when you have the red carpet rolled out for you, it's just kind of you just kind of have to be who you are, right? You don't have any, um, you don't have anything really to accomplish. You just show up and do whatever it is that you do, and you're going to get praised for it. Versus mm-hmm. those who had to get there, right? You got to work through some stuff to get those accolades. To me, it seems to be a little bit sweeter, and it and it develops some character in you that you otherwise might not have. That's what I appreciate appreciate about Steve Kerr's story. You know, he he discussed that 
not even with his father, but just he was like, look, I had to work for everything I got in the NBA, scratch and claw, and it was just barely enough for me to get here. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I can respect that. I can yeah. respect that. He, he was a competitor. You know, you don't yeah. you don't have to be on top of Mount Rushmore on Mount Rushmore to be a competitor. You could tell Steve Kerr was a competitor. You know, he, yeah. you know the simple fact that, you know, Mike Mike threw that shot at him in practice and he came back at him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that let you know Steve Steve was grimy. He, he was about that. Mm-hmm. You know, you weren't going to push him around. He's like, I look like you're going to push me around. Ain't gonna push me around. Right, and that's facts. But then, but again, like right, Chris, Mike respected it, right? So yep. after that happened, he called him. They had a good conversation. Steve said it was the best though. thing he. Right. <laughs> 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 he had to get it from Phil, but nonetheless. <laughs> but nonetheless, right? But that's what I'm saying. You all, we always respect when you got somebody on your team who's tough because, you know, all sports are, you know, are just glorified battles of old, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. what it is. Pretty much. You know, it's in arenas, you know, like Rome and Greece. So, you know, once you put yourself on that line going professionally, you need to make sure that the guys on your team are willing to give the same amount of blood, sweat, and tears that you're going to give. And you think about what Mike said. You know, I feel like I earned the right to say things because of what I went through. Like you mentioned, there was no fanfare when he came into the league. In fact, guys said a shooting guard cannot lead a team. Basketball is the big man's game. And we think about it. It's always been dominated by the big man. The Mikans, the Russells, the Chamberlains, you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, the Kareems. So that's what they look into. Hey, man, you got to be a seven-footer in order to dominate this game. So Mike coming in, that's another chip added on him. Oh, okay, so I can't lead a team. So when you have that mentality and when you have to go through the teams that you go through and when you have to fight to get through the Pistons, you need to make sure that anybody who's coming on my team is ready to do this. If you're not, that's it. If you're not, if you're not ready to do this, why are we here? Right. So real quick. Now, I will say that the doc kind of made a lot of people come off looking like some punks, though. (laughs) Some of the the things Mr. Jordan was saying to people, just just out of pocket, man. I'm hating on Scott Burrell, man. (laughs) I ain't even talking about Scott Burrell at this point. (laughs) Scott was cool about it, too, though. Yeah, Scotty Bay. He, he couldn't get in his head, but Jordan, he was yeah, not tired. Scott was so unfazed. So yes. unfazed. Whatever. Yeah. And Mike kept doing it because it's like, I can't get in this guy's head. But he, he enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah, it was a, a kind of a back and forth thing. Yeah, Scott yeah. was like, you cute, dog. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when I seen him say that to Larry, though, I was like, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> But I had to watch the doc twice because when I first saw it, I was like, ain't no way. Ain't no way you finna say this to me and, and you just walk away? Nah. <laughs> but the second time I watched it, I thought about it. If Larry responds negatively, what's the, what's the benefit here, right? You, you might got to you. Obviously, you already took the L on the court. So if you respond negatively with all that emotion, you know, you, you took two L's there. So I... 
I halfway understand how he was able to kind of walk away from that, or maybe that's just their, their relationship. Mm-hmm. I might not have stole off of him, but I'd have had to let him know, like, all right, Mike. That, I that's think that was the very last time. Larry was a talker, too, man. Larry was a talker, too. I think that was yeah. a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's talking. There's talking, and then there's talking. Like, there's – I'm sorry, there's certain – Certain words in the vocabulary that just cannot be used. I got to you see don't that like about Larry, that. You don't, you don't like certain adjectives. Huh? <laughs> I said, you don't like certain adjectives being used. That's what I'm saying. I, I got to see you about that. It's <laughs> two short to words. See. <laughs> <laughs> we got I to mean, have a conversation. Yeah, I mean, I get you. But I, I just think it was the nature of it. You know, hey, man, you. It, it had to be. It had to be. Because yeah. Larry didn't, he didn't bat an eye. He, he, he shook him up and then kept it moving. You know, because on the court, you know, they done said worse, you know. <laughs> so the Utah you know. Jazz, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you have respect for them as far as history goes? I do. I do. They were heck of a team. I can, yeah. I can say it. They were heck yeah. of a team. So Think about they, the gave, they gave the Bulls problems both series. Yes. It wasn't, like it, was, it wasn't like they got swept. It wasn't like they got blew out except for game – what was it, game four of 98? Of 98. That was it. That was it. That was it. Yeah, because that, that took was – them to six. Both them, both them series was a legit six. It wasn't no Seattle mm-hmm. six. No, it was, that was legit a, six. That was a legit six. Mm-hmm. They were like game five, though, in 98. Mike and them looked like they was just chilling. They were like, man, we about to win this at home. Yeah. They yeah. was just chilling. They were like, we finna win this at home. Carl Malone's like, nah, nah. Not today. Yeah. What's, what's <laughs> Charles Barkley said, take that off the windows. Take that off the window. Take that the windows. Take that off the windows now. Y'all don't take that off that window. 40 points, 50 points. Hey, I did not. I don't know how I forgot how freaking huge Carl Malone was. Dude, massive. Oh, yeah, man. Huge. Dude's a bodybuilder, man. <laughs> yeah, man. He was Hello, a six, Carl Malone. He was a 6'10 Sean Winston. What you talking about? <laughs> I love Carl Malone. <laughs> oh, what about that boxing he, trees, he, man? He was he was part of my motivation. I'm like, man, you swollen who? Perfect. Right. <laughs> so what about your boy Dennis Rodman leaving in the middle of the finals? Rodzilla. Rodzilla. Hey, this man. Did you, did you expect anything different? <laughs> no, you know what? This is how I feel. I feel like this. If you know, it's 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 Mike. Realize KYP. Know your personnel. Yes, I sir. This dude sometimes need to blow off some steam. What mm-hmm. that steam is, that's Dennis Robbins' prerogative. But this man will come to the game and put on, give you sixteen rebounds, and don't ask for the ball, and guarding the best player on the defensive end. Hey, look. Do what you got to do. Just come back here and score, uh, rebound the ball, and play defense. That's all we need you to do. And he showed up. That's all that matters. He, he, you know, he ditched practice like Iverson did, but he, uh, <laughs> he showed excellent, up. I mean, what was a game five? He... Decision, though. Yes. <laughs> excellent. I didn't realize decision. that until later. Yeah, it's excellent business. He made he made some money on that one, which oh yeah, I'm not mad at that. And you hundred fifty thousand being on TV. Two hundred fifty thousand to get fined twenty thousand. Hey, take that twenty. I'll take that any day of the week. Oh, <laughs> hey. And just, just, just to keep it real, 
You may have to edit this because you know I be saying stuff sometimes, Chris. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> but here's the thing. Yes, Dennis Rodman was married, but he was down there at WrestleMania, and I, I'm pretty sure that part of the package was some uh, – how can I put this? We're, 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 I'm just going to say it. He's down there smashing, man. He's knocking them all off. <laughs> In addition to whatever money he made on top of that, then it's like, look, this is how I enjoy my time. I'll be at, I'll be at work when I'm supposed to be there, it's just like anybody else, right? You have a beer or two when you're not on the clock. As long as you show up to work the next day, your boss shouldn't have anything to say. Hey, Dennis was a definition of work-life balance, man. That's what that was. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> was it was it balance? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Work life, hey, man. Dennis had Dennis got <laughs> crazy manic energy, man. Yeah, I mean, to stay up, up all, it, yeah, it catch up to you. Hey, y'all, you can only do it so long. Yeah. But I'm just like, dude, to stay out till five in the morning drinking, you know, get about five hours of sleep, hop up, I right, time to practice, get ready for the game tonight. And you, it's like, yo, you know, what I mean, it's just like, yo. <laughs> That's just crazy. Like he show up, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you don't hear up, about I mean, I, yeah. you don't hear about him not not doing his job because he was out kicking. Mm -hmm. You don't mm -hmm. hear those stories. You just hear how wild he is, but you do not hear that Dennis didn't show up and do his job. Right. Yeah, he so did. I guess that big old ox car Malone, no less. Man, that's right. Six nine two forty nine. Crazy. That two forty nine was a lie. <laughs> the man was pure muscle, man. Flat lie. Right. <laughs> so looking back on the whole series, what's yeah. what's your favorite part? Mm. Mm. You know, for me, man, I gotta say it. It's probably his most famous quote when he said, Hey, if you don't want to play that way, don't play that way. But what led him what up what led him up to saying that is that you know, everybody wanted to talk about his style and how he pushed the teammates and how he did certain things to not only motivate himself, but motivate his teammates. And he was just like, listen, my my way, it works for me. You know, right. maybe it's controversial, but I'm 6-0 in the finals, you know. And whatever I've done, whatever I asked them to do, I never told them to do something that I wouldn't do myself. That I wasn't going to do. You know, yeah, true. He, he led by example. He said, hey, look, you know, if I'm going to sit there and I'm going to run sprints doing this back and forth, running up and down sprints, what you call it, Sean? What, what's those mm -hmm. sprints going back and forth up the court? Oh, yeah, suicide. Suicide. Suicide, wins. He sprints. led the pack. He led the pack. Why you, why you, why you ask Sean like anybody else done him before? Because <laughs> I know Sean did it. <laughs> Sean did it right now. Hey, Sean was only one of us right is now <laughs> He might be the only one still doing them. <laughs> Big Sean. I did do him yesterday, but See? nonetheless. <laughs> See? See, this one I need, I need Sean to lead by example so I can get out there and do my one suicide. I'm, I'm gonna do what I've been doing. I'm gonna watch the I'll watch the film and commentate on it later. That's <laughs> but yeah, that's what he did, man. And to and and that that touched him. It was just like, man, like. I think Mike probably felt like, man, I can't believe people are really complaining. Like, 
I am the reason y'all won the championships y'all won. But I had a method to my madness. But if you don't want to play that way, don't play that way. All right. Mm -hmm. JB? I think I was here for, for all of the quotables. That's one of them. Um, I like the candid moments that we were able to get from this. Even though I was complaining a little bit about how Mike kind of manicured his image, but there were some things that, that slipped through that was cracking me up. Uh, the, I ain't Shaq. Like I said, I ain't Shaq. <laughs> I was dying laughing, and Shaq was at the crib mad in the mug when he said that, too. Um, between the, the, the candid moments, and, and we did get an opportunity to see, too, the, the, um, the good sport in Mike as well, right? As much as we talk about him being a jerk, ain't dogging his teammates out and dogging people out and talking crazy, um, we saw the mutual respect between him and other players, you know, the, um, especially in these last couple episodes, right? The, him dapping up Reggie Miller in the middle of the series and they're having a mutual respect between them, even though they just went to war on the court. Um, same thing with Carl Malone. That was, a, that was a moment for him to get on the bus and, mm -hmm. you know, he said, and he didn't go straight to Mike and leave and get off, he's, he's speaking to everybody. You know what I mean? He congratulating the whole team. Obviously, he ended up with Mike. And they had a moment, and Mike wasn't a jerk to him at all or anything like that. He, you know, shook his hand, tell your wife I said hi, and then he keep it moving. Now, I'm sure he was talking crazy when Carl got off the bus, but in the moment, <laughs> you know, in the moment, he, he, he showed that kind of, um, you know, good, good sportsmanship. Hey, wife, so we got to see a lot of all of that. Those, those are probably the best. <laughs> the balance. The balance. Mailman, was, mailman was shooting a shot at players' wives back then. <laughs> hey, what they I'm gonna sure, say? I'm sure it wasn't Juanita. <laughs> Y'all terrible. Juanita too street for Carl Malone. <laughs> too south side. <laughs> all day. <laughs> Sean, what's, what's the standout, man, for this series? You know what, man? I'm going to tell you, for me, because I'm a person who I always say this, I don't know you unless I know your story. Um, so for me to see Mike's story, to see, you know, some things I knew about him, but to kind of take a, just a, a brief glance into his upbringing and family life, I needed to see that person because I knew he was driven and motivated, but it helped me to understand why he's so driven and motivated. So, you know, having to overcome your brother, you know, fighting for your father's affection, you know, always in a competitive mode is pr probably what I really enjoyed the most. But I also like to see the personality that shined through about Mike. See, when I see Mike, especially when he started playing baseball, I saw the humility of someone that's chasing a dream, trying as hard as they can to be better mm -hmm. than what they are, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. I got to see the Michael Jordan, who's the fourth out of five children, who's still a little brother. So a lot of his antics is because we forget, Mike is a little brother. Right. So what do little brothers do? You know what I'm saying? They antagonize you, they tease you. You know, they're doing all this, you know, silly, goofy stuff. So I got to see a lot of his antics because he's a little brother, but he's a, a driven and motivated little brother to always beat his big brothers and anyone who, 
you know, doubts him. Right. And I really, I really enjoy seeing that. And I love to see the humility and the work ethic that he had in baseball because all of that lets me know one thing about Mike Jordan. I'm bringing 150% no matter what it is. And for right. me as a person who's huge on effort, that's what I appreciated the most. Right. That was deep. <laughs> yeah, that was deep. Those are facts. <laughs> Well, thank you, brothers. I appreciate y'all comments as well. <laughs> well, I'm I'm here for iPod Mike. Um, <laughs> <laughs> director's like, uh, take a look at what Gary Payton said about you. <laughs> I had no problems with the glove. I, have, I love that. I you, love you, they did that. The glove, the glove. They call they call him the glove, right? Yeah, I had no problems with the glove. <laughs> I've never, I've never I, seen I, that I before in any mind. documentary where they said, "Hey, this is what so and so said." They had him watch it, and you get their live reaction. He's like, "Right, ah, <laughs> <laughs> that was well, that's actually pretty much against what you would do in a documentary. Like in film school, <laughs> they teach you not to do that. You're yeah. not supposed to get the subject's reaction from other people. It's but... like breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like. But you saw how he like, he like. Right. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't trying to hear nothing Isaiah Thomas got to say. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not going to believe you it. You saw a lot of faces of Mike, man. You saw the old black man. Yeah. I ain't trying to hear nothing that yeah. he got to say. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you saw the little brother, like Sean said, it's just, I'm, I'm here all day for iPad Mike. And all of the freaking highlights, man, like, this was so good for the for the babies, you know. Who, yeah. Because you got to see them within within the context as well. You know, yeah. you could watch mm -hmm. a YouTube video that just show you a bunch of dunks, and it looked good. But you know, Harold Minor had a bunch of dunks. Consumes their athletes. Right. Right. So okay. for them to get to see those things, like the Craig Elo shot, right? To get yeah. everything that was going on around that, and Cleveland kind of got their just due in some ways, because um, it wasn't like Elo was a scrub. He just mm -hmm. got torched. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you need to see those things in context. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love, uh, you, you, we talked on a little bit earlier, Jamil, you was talking about the soundtrack and how they man. played different songs. Man, when they first played that LL Cool J Bad song, man, oh. Mike was doing Larry Bird, I was like, ah. Oh. Yes, yes. Yeah. You gotta love the soundtrack. Then put on that heavy. D. I go to work. Oh, I was loving it. <laughs> yes. Hey, and I like very few missteps with the music for the times, right? Like it was always, you know, '80s music was with the '80s at the time, the '90s, and then it always synchronized with the times that Mike was in at that time frame. So, right, mm -hmm. right, yeah. With that, the, the music soundtrack was hot. Um, for sure. You know, me and JB Jamel talked about that. Another episode, yeah. you know, I, I loved it, man. I loved it. It it was, sure. and when when Cal said it was the best documentary he'd ever seen, I had to really put thought into it. Yeah. And it, if it's not, it's up there. Yeah. Um, especially yeah. considering that you had you had ten episodes of it. Um, mm -hmm. Right. And the timing of it, it, it filled a vacuum because mm -hmm. you know we all know the situation we in and, and sports is lacking. And unless you want to watch, uh, you know, a bunch of dudes play 2K or 
MLB the show, uh, Korean baseball. You know, <laughs> hey, that's what you was watching. It was appointment television every Sunday. Absolutely. Yeah, ESPN like gonna have a problem, Jack. Oh yeah, so they I got guess a couple we're... more coming out, but it ain't gonna be this. Nah, they got the Lance Armstrong thirty for thirty this week. Yeah. I'll be playing two I mean, K. That's an interesting one because yeah, I want to see that one. But <laughs> I do you know, too, but I'm not watching it on Sunday. It I'm ain't gonna pull it. 13 million viewers, is what it ain't gonna. No, be. no, God, oh, no, no. They finna, they finna, <laughs> these ratings are about to go off the cliff. All right. Oh no, well, you're, you're not gonna get that. But they may if they go worldwide now. You know, this is worldwide. They'll get the 13. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> but you cycles. know what? Even <laughs> then, though, like cycling the as a sport is is well, more universal, but. Lance Armstrong ain't the draw that Michael Jordan is. Oh, true. Right. True. I'd be interested to see what the numbers are, though. I, it's, I, you, it's you got just, a point. You know, he got, you got a, lot a point about him going worldwide. He had because I think he had cancer, and then he he was uh, accused of taking steroids, right? Oh, he did. Sure, doping. No, he yeah. was doping the whole time, though. Right. Hey, I mean, Amen. we didn't know that. We didn't know that then, but hey, it's. All I'm going to say is this, man. And this is obviously another discussion. There's <laughs> a whole lot of that going on, man. Okay? Oh, <laughs> I mean, we know. Hey, you yeah. want to play at the next level? So, you do what you yeah, do. You, you can do some things ignorantly, for sure. It's, you know, hey, man, my trainer, they recommend this. Oh, okay. So, right. you know, you do it. But the drawback is you need to identify what's going on in your body and see if, if it's going to go against the standards that they set. So... Right. You, know, you know what? You know what? You know what, Sean? You know will be wild. What if? What if LeBron? Uh, don't say it. I've already said it. I have I mean, to think uh, about think uh, about his ability, his longevity, to stay at the top of his game without any major injuries for so long. Nobody's ever done that. Yeah. But. Here, here's the thing. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna just say it because being in it or it, being around, like it's different t- kind of steroids, right? Yeah. So bodybuilding steroids, you know, they're gonna be different. You know, powerlifting are gonna be different. You got water-based steroids. You got oil-based steroids. Steroids to cause, you know, muscle growth. But then you just got performance enhancers that will either increase your testosterone levels or your growth or hormone levels, right? You know, or your endurance, right? I mean, and that's going to like the professional. We got these pharma companies making stuff, stuff that I ain't even heard of, right? <laughs> right. So, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of one of those, one of those things. Yeah, do I believe he's taking, you know, certain ones? You know, absolutely not. I just give LeBron credit because I know he puts a lot into his training and into his, his eating and right. into his recovery so that he can continue to perform at a high level. So I'm not there with him because I just think he, I mean, seeing his workouts, I know he invests that much into his body. Yeah. And he owns the that ever came out, dude. That would crush the NBA. <laughs> that's why it's never going to come out. And that's why it'll never <laughs> and come and out. It, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. For one, you know, a bunch of the LeBron haters would love nothing more than to, to see him fall from grace. Mm-hmm. But they're not looking at the big picture. If LeBron go down, everybody Man. going down, Jack. It'll come out. Oh, yeah. LeBron needs no problem everybody. 
They'll come out. That ain't even about that. It's not even about that. I'm just saying as far as the image of the NBA, because LeBron, for all of what people will say about him, he really doesn't have any real scandals. Like the worst thing that we could say about him is the decision or, you know, Mm -hmm. he's made some soft moves on the court. But as far as like real scandalous stuff, dude is squeaky clean. He too has manicured Mm -hmm. his image very well. Very much so. Very much so. And what and what he's doing for uh, you know people who are in a very tough situation, poverty wise, or mm-hmm. even with the what's 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 the name of his school? He got the I Promise school he got going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think just this past weekend he did this big thing on TV for graduates and whatnot. You know he he talks about political issues. These are things that people always compare to Jordan didn't really do, and right. so you know, but. And that was just, I was watching ESPN, and Jay Williams has said that – You can stop there, but go ahead, go ahead. Oh, you know that, right? <laughs> no, he no disrespect like, to Jay. Based on those <laughs> things, that's what makes LeBron the greatest. And I'm like, how? Well, because he's he, he, he does all these great things outside of basketball, that's what makes him the greatest? Correct. That's a separate thing altogether. Separate. That has nothing you, to do with basketball. And you know what, what that is, though? Is LeBron and his his team read the Michael Jordan playbook and they took yes. all the missteps and they yes. did the exact opposite. There you go. Every criticism that even we even saw it in the Last Dance, every criticism that people have of Michael Jordan, LeBron has done the opposite. Correct. That's not coincidental. Correct. He's the anti Kobe. Kobe was like, I want to be exactly like that dude, <laughs> down to the personality and the white women. LeBron. <laughs> LeBron did the exact opposite, right? Right? He he the and nothing against it, but he he glorifies his marriage to his high school sweetheart who's African American black. Mm-hmm. He gives openly to charities. He supports politic political causes that are in favor of minorities. He built the school, you know, he's squeaky clean. Everything you don't hear any controversy. He does. He's not at the casino. He's he right. stopped promoting McDonald's. Every every little thing that Mike did that could be misconstrued or even construed as a misstep, LeBron does the opposite. Right. And there's nothing against him for it, but I'm just saying no, he I had the playbook to read from. Brilliant. And I just think too, he's he's different, man. You look at his background, man. You know, when you come up like that, you move in place to place. It's you and your mom. Who was my dad? Heck, I don't know. Right. You know, so again, you, 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 he's running away from poverty. And one of the best things you can do is to give back, you know, mm-hmm. so you, you can either be in life, am I an asset or a liability? So if I, ha- if I have the ability to do something to help people, then why aren't I? Right. I mean, so right. it just, it, it, we, we're just looking at the basic principle of, you know, loving your brother. So, if I got all this money coming in from Nike, if I got this in investment that I've made from Beats, you know, making hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, why can't I go back and say, hey, you know what, let me help other kids who are in the same situation like I was so that perhaps they can have a, a different turnout, you know, or a better turnout. Right. So, you know, I look at those things to just say that when you come in from that background, man, you really want to try to reach back. I think you at least should. Because um, if you don't, then it's kind of like, to me, that's that's turning your back. 
I agree. That I agree. that's that's the other stuff that people talk about in the hood. Oh man, you forgot we people forgot where they came from, man. Let's be honest. You grow up in the hood, everybody want to get out. Nobody want to live in the hood, dude. Who wants to live in the projects? Nobody. No one is, right. is dying to stay in the project. No, no, nobody is dying to stay around violence and, and, and poverty. So everyone wants to do something better for themselves. Exactly. As soon as I made $15 an hour, I moved away from the hood. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you see what I'm talking about? Hey, like, hey man, I'm the heck out of here. <laughs> Be my time. Did my time. Okay. Did my time. Hey, when they put a trap house across the street from my parents on 120th and Stewart, man, they was motivated. Like, hey, man, it's time to go. <laughs> time to go. <laughs> it's time to go. It's too much going on across the street. <laughs> you know what, too, man? And 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 we and you was talking about how how much money LeBron got from endorsements and all the stuff. This is also another reason why. Um, it's talked about how Mike didn't speak up for political issues and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, Mike was making what three million a year for the first seven, eight up until he retired. So, like guys back then couldn't afford to really speak out because the minute you speak out, it's held against you and you get blackballed. That's what happened mm-hmm. to Craig. That's what happened mm-hmm. to Craig Hodges. You know. So yeah. nowadays, Craig was wild enough. Got so many moves. Oh, we'll get into that. Oh yeah. <laughs> nowadays, you got so many movements. You got the Me Too movement. You got. You know, all this other stuff that's going on, it's like people can now speak out without fear. So LeBron is able to do that more than what those players were able to do back then. And right? there's more outlets. Oh, yeah. There's more outlets. Um, honestly, because it happens so frequently, I believe unless you say something just super stupid, it's less backlash. Very much so. Mm-hmm. If you said I something... I mean, it, it know, takes two days and then it's something else that's exactly. going to happen. If you said something in 1992 that was seen as controversial, it's like yelling in an empty forest. Somebody heard it, and that's all they heard. Right. But now you can you can say something, and there's so many other people who chiming in about it that if it's dumb enough and you want to squash it and sweep it out the way, it gets lost. Mm-hmm. Like five years from now, nobody's gonna remember that LeBron spoke out of turn about China. Right. Because mm-hmm. it, it it gets lost. I actually yeah. didn't remember that until you just said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and that's that's another controversial piece, too. Like, LeBron didn't really want to speak out against them. Like, he got too much money tied up with China. Right. Way too much right. money. This dude yeah. could possibly lose almost a billion dollars in his potential money investments with China if he was to speak negatively about them. And when everything mm-hmm. was going on with trying to think of who was a Mark Cuban has said something about China. I forget mm-hmm. who it was. And that's no, more um, Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey. And so that's why, and that's why China and the U.S. or in, in NBA is not commingling right now because of that. Right. I mean, there's there's other reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cardi B said it well. What I will say that. <laughs> Coronavirus. Um, <laughs> I find really, really interesting about LeBron, though, is he does speak out on, you know, socially conscious or has a, a bit of a um, a different presence than previous athletes. But he ain't Muhammad Ali by any stretch. Because if you look at the things that LeBron does speak up about, 
and the way that he has done so is They're done in such a general way that it's yeah. it's unoffensive to anybody, right? Anybody with sense. He's not really antagonizing anybody or he's not really taking this radical stance where anybody could be offended. He's just saying, hey, you know, we're going to throw these hoods up for Trayvon. Um, but there were so many other people doing it at the time. That there was He's no not real walking danger. out on the plank by himself. Correct. Mm-hmm. Tamir Rice happened, though, in his own backyard, and he was silent on that issue. It's, an incre- it's very, very similar, but there weren't as many people speaking on that issue. You know, you know fall back. It's the same issue and, and probably a little more drastically because Tamir Rice was uh, a kid, like a little kid. Um, yeah, but he said nothing. So I, I, I'm only gonna give him so much credit for that. Like you should give back, absolutely. Um, and he does. He does absolutely, and I'm 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 never gonna take that away because he he doesn't have to, right? It's you should, and that that is kind of a responsibility of of people who have means. But that doesn't mean that you're being forced to do that, and a lot of people don't. I mean, how many how many NBA players? or millionaires in general, right? Not just NBA players are actually doing those that that type of philanthropic work. Like who's opening schools for real? Yeah. Him and Jalen Rose, that's all I know of. That's all I'm so saying. speaking of people who have <clears throat> stepped out on the plank by themselves, got a lot of people who hating on the docuseries. One being Craig Hodges. We spoke about it in the previous episode, but, you know, different different group of cats. Uh, we get a different perspective. So we're going to talk about the haters of the, of the last dance. First, we're going to start off with Craig Hodges. Now, Craig Hodges didn't come at it necessarily even politically. He threw some of that in and peppered it in. You can kind of tell he still has a cross to bear with Mike. Right. But, you know, he was mentioning that, you know, it was all about him and none of the – the other guys were mentioned and the, you know, peripheral players weren't mentioned and he had to show his, his eight year old, all these things that Michael Jones was saying about people. And they were talking about the cocaine circus and all of that. What do you think about Craig Hodges viewpoint on all of this? I mean, if, if you, if you've even heard it, you know, you know, what? I, I just feel like, I feel like he, uh, so I, obviously, when when Craig played for the Bulls, I was like what maybe seven, eight years old, so I didn't know much then. But I, they talked about how he showed up to the White House with a daishiki on um, in '92, and and part of part of his whole big deal that he felt like Michael should have used his stardom or his celebrity to push more issues socially when it comes to African Americans and how we're being treated and blah blah blah. Uh, but that was never really Mike's thing. Mike was more like, hey, listen, I want to play basketball. That ain't my thing. But Craig Hodges wanted to push the other side of the coin. And because of that, he got blackballed out of the NBA, even though he was like a leading three-point shooter. So I think his thing is, you know, I put myself out there and I put myself on the line for something that's going to possibly benefit our people, so to speak. Whereas you get all this money and all this celebrity and you do nothing with it. But that's Mike's choice. You know, Mike decided to stay neutral, you know, because he said Republicans were, you know, by Mike's too, you know. So I don't know. I, I, I just think that maybe he's frustrated and upset that 
he felt like Mike didn't do what he thought he should do. They even said, you know, they said at the beginning of game one of the 91 NBA Finals, he was trying to get Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan uh, to, 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 to not play. Um, on the court. Right. He told them on mm-hmm. the court. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, like, he just had too many radical views. Like, Time and place. You know, like, come on now. Time like, and place. Like, come on. You, you just don't do that, right? Not, not game one of the NBA finals and you putting the pressure on this man saying, hey, let's, let's not play. Let's, you know, let's make a stance and say something. Pre Kaepernick, you know, like, <laughs> right. But I just, I don't know. I, I feel like that's what it was with him, and he probably felt like, you know, in this documentary, Mike never touched none of that. But the thing is, though, if Mike does that, if Mike does what Craig Hodges did, Mike might be what Craig Hodges is, right? That's that's time and place, like Chris said. Yeah. The thing that I'll say about Jordan is he may not be as visible as other. Um, other high-profile people with the efforts that they make, but with when you talking, um, when you think about this big push, that's probably the wrong way to say it. But I guess more of a, an awareness that there are not a lot of um, people of color in positions of power in sports, specifically. Right. If you look at Jordan's track record with Jordan Brand with the Hornets, like he's empowering people of color in these positions now how good they doing is something (laughs) something to be debated particularly with the hornets but he's empowering people in ways that other people are not so he's not doing what craig hodges is doing right he's not going out boycotting he can't he can't because he loses his ability to then help other people in the way that he's able to do so right he's putting money in the Mm -hmm. pockets of people um who may not uh, otherwise have these opportunities Mm mm-hmm Craig needed to just go sat down somewhere. That's all that is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I understand Hodges' viewpoint. When you come from activist parents, mm-hmm. you know, when you come from what he learned in college um, with his, you know, black studies professors that he, you know, talked to, you know, I, I get it. But I think you have to, when you're in that spotlight, you have to be so precise with how you cut and I just think Mike was more on the Magic Johnson plane of thought about unifying, right? Because right? you didn't see, you know, Magic didn't take certain stance, you know, on the level that other people did. But when you look at Magic's background, he helped unify his high school because of the tensions that were there. And by right. him unifying it, it brought a lot of people together. And much in the same way Mike is, he had so many people from different nationalities He's had so many people around the world interested in his brand. So if you're right. just a forward, if you're a, a forward thinker in, in how we all should be, I understand, you know, adv- you know, advocating. But when you're just trying to focus on, you know what, if I take this role, I can just bring all humanity together. I create so many more opportunities for my kids and future generations, you know, to be able to brand themselves you know, and for this to be more of a, a global thing, then I just think that that's the road that he took. And I think no matter what it is you do, they're going to be people who agree with the way that you do things and people who disagree with the way you do things. Correct. But as long as you can sleep at night with the way that you approach things and you feel like it worked well, that's all that matters to matters. me. Yeah. 
Craig, Craig sleep well. Well, hey, he did what he needed to do. So, hey, he, he sleeps well because that's the stance that he took. And I think all those points y'all made were, were are the true foundation of Craig's issues with the documentary. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that that's all tied in with that that beef, you know, of Mike not yeah. stepping forward on that level. Now, he used other things as his reasoning, but, I mean, we know that wasn't really the reason. Like, nah. you can't complain that your eight-year-old saw certain things about cocaine on a TV 14 at best series. You know, Correct. ESPN gave you two options. It was TVMA and TV 14. You got your eight-year-old sitting there. Only you are to blame. Yep. Um, anything else that was said about, you know, he's, he downed out his teammates on cocaine. Well, the, the director, narrator asked him these questions. Brought up right. the name Traveling Cocaine Cir- Circus. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at the, at the background of the NBA and you look at the roster that Mike came into the league with, you'll see that half them dudes either got suspended or dead from some sort of drug-related incidents. Correct. So, I mean, it's, it's not like any of these things were revelations or shocking. It was just a funny nickname attached to it. So, you know. Ain't never Craig, named nobody's name. And right. he didn't name names. Never. Just never named names. No, I, mean, I can Mike see did it. a lot of snitching. Mike did a lot of snitching. I'll stay on Scott Burrell. Oh, yeah. A lot of snitching. But he never named names with the traveling cocaine circus. Right. Now, Indeed. I had actually never heard that term before, before the doc. Like, I knew about the NBA's reputation. I had never heard the Bulls referred to as a traveling cocaine circus. <laughs> I was dying laughing. It is an unbelievable name. Yeah. I, I think T-shirts should be distributed everywhere. Like that should be somebody's album title. Like it will be. It was like the coke. It's like the cocaine cowboys, man. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. So our next hater is Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen. Supposedly he wasn't. Uh, he feels like he wasn't portrayed in a positive light throughout the duration of this series, even though ultimately, what, episode 10, went, it seemed like it went out of his way to tell you how tough Scotty was. Right. But he he had issues with how he, he was shown throughout the last dance. That's I mean, he kind of came off looking a little bit soft, depending on, depending on the person's perspective. Uh, when it came to the Pistons, I think he was kind of showed to be somewhat soft. Like when Mike was like, look, just fight. You know, I'll fight with you. Just fight. Like Pip mm-hmm. was afraid of the Pistons. And he may have been. Um, so I can kind of understand his his perspective on that. But I'm like, dog, you was there. It was – there's some truth to this, right? The Pistons were somewhat bullies. He wasn't accustomed to that. He was still a little frail and skinny. This is before they start hitting the weight. So, I mean, it is what it is. I don't think anything that was put out there was was not factual. And I don't mm-hmm. even think it was, you know, edited in such a way to make him look bad. It's just mm-hmm. these things took place, and maybe they didn't expl- fully explain situations. And obviously, the filter was going through Mike, so Mike was going to get built up, and you know, there was some collateral damage. Otherwise. I really don't think Scotty came out looking that bad, though, to be just my opinion. I don't either. Um, 
I, I don't, you know, I don't know what more. I know Horace Grant kind of felt like he was. I just didn't think so. I think that it was just kind of honest. You know, Mike did feel he was, you know, selfish for holding out on the surgery. And I think he acknowledged, hey, I understand that you battling with these guys for money, but at the same time, we know we KYP, we know our personnel. So we know going to them is not gonna make it any better, man. So when you right. took that deal, you kinda know. I mean, he told you don't come he back. Told him so that. Yeah. Right. it's kinda one of those, you know what you signed up for. So yeah, I thought at that moment you were being selfish because at least ride or die with me, if nothing else. Right. I, I just I don't I didn't feel like it, it put Pippen in such a bad light. I think it was just that and then the, the thing with the 94 thing. I mean, we all knew about that. But it also right. highlighted a, a lot of other things that Scotty did. I mean, they told us Scotty, I mean, Ted, he was MVP candidate in that year. So, right. but everybody's entitled to feel how they feel. I just didn't think – I think if there was a, more things to maybe speak negatively about Pip, yeah, but I, I didn't see it. Nah. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think Scotty. Uh, I mean, I, I did feel bad for him in a sense because I, you know, I'm a fan, obviously, but I, I would have liked to see him shine a little bit better. But I mean, it was all true stuff. None of it was fabricated. None right. of it was false. Yeah, maybe it's rehashing or rebringing up something that was in the past, but you can't tell this story without those things happening or current. And it, it just you, you you just can't. It just it is it's too integral to the story to why things happen the way they happen. The reason why, you know, maybe the Bulls could have made it past the Knicks in '94. Now, one thing I wish they did bring up in '94 was the fact that Hugh Hollins cheated them in '94. That was the true story mm-hmm. of how how the Bulls got screwed because they should have beat the Knicks. And I yep. and I cried because I was nine years old. But <laughs> uh, but I, I do I do think that Scotty uh, he I, I do wish he was portrayed a little bit better honestly in my opinion but I do feel like these are truths I mean they are what they are and we're telling the story of the last dance but you can't tell the story of the last dance unless you bring up the last 13 or 14 years prior to that on how we got up to this point and that's what they were doing they're bringing up all this context about how this relates to this the the right the, the the first shoe the first pair of shoes Jordan wore in Madison Square Garden wore in Madison Square Garden was the same shoes he wore the last time he played in Madison Square Garden so they had to go back and forth to tell that story and to tell that story about Scottie Pippen and how he just didn't want to come in the game you know hey and, and even with the how he had migraines in Detroit or you know missing the free throws in the clutch I mean those are things that are negative but they tell the story of what really happened. Right. Uh, so, things, they happened, and they they yeah. either came from his body or his mouth. Yeah, Scotty said a lot of things that shot his own self in the foot. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and then I do it again. Problem. His biggest problem was when asked, "Would you do it again?" And he said, "Yeah, I'll do it again." But so I mean, I right, Rick James. Hey, hey, yeah. Forget forget your couch. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I. <laughs> I know better grind my feet in somebody's couch. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I did it. <laughs> yeah, right. So, whoop, there it is. Yeah, man. <laughs> Horace Grant, or Whole Grant, as, uh, as uh, Shannon calls him. You know, I, I, was, I was singing his praises about um, 
his app description of the Pistons and how they were behaving. Um, <laughs> and I didn't realize at the time, but he had really good insight into that because he apparently shared some of those characteristics. So he was able to recognize them in the Pistons. I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. What is that game? Recognized game? Got yeah. it. Got it. Got a little Pistons in them. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, Will Perdue has said that uh, Horace Grant was kind of jealous of the celebrity Mike had. How he uh, felt like he was the third wheel, but not even being recognized as a third wheel. You know, so maybe it was some underlining things. And then that whole story with Sam Smith. I mean, you know, hey, you know, if you if you hang with somebody, know that it's possible that you could be like, okay, if I have a, if I'm famous, I'm going to tell my family members, watch what you say in the media because people are not going to point the finger at you. They're going to point the finger at me. Right. So if you're hanging with this reporter who is known for doing investigative studies and everybody knows that's your boy. Odds are, when when you know stuff comes out, that's probably who they're going to point the finger at. It's Horace right. Grant, uh, especially I, especially when three people were in the room and two of them swear they didn't say nothing. <laughs> right. Uh, but yet, I, I think that with Horace, man, he uh, I don't know. He had mentioned too. There were some things that he had said in that documentary that they didn't show. You know, and that's interesting. I would love to see the uncut version of like what all the interviews were, right? Because they interviewed right. so many people. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw it. I wouldn't be either. Especially now on a, on a side <laughs> note, my ADD kicking in. Especially now on a side note, <laughs> you know how Justice League is now finna release the, um, the Snyder Cut side thing. You know, I'm a comic book nerd. Anyway, but hey, I've been waiting for that. But anyway, you know, you you never know. I wouldn't be surprised if they did release the tapes and show what was really said. Because Horace was saying, like, yeah, Mike did say that to that flight attendant, but I told Mike, you know, forget you. You know, you want to take this outside, I'll bust you up, some kind of stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know what his animosity is, man. I would love to hear what Jordan got to say really about Horace Grant, besides the fact that he believes Horace has snitched. But I would really love to see what Mike had to say about all that. The Horace Grant thing, um, this and there, there's things I've heard. Like the, the Will Purdue story, I did hear that, um, especially right after the Dream Team, when Phil, they were doing two a days, and Phil said, well, since they play in Barcelona, yeah. I'm only letting them practice, I'm having them practice once during training camp. I heard, you know, Horace caught feelings over that. Um, the fact that the story about the airplane thing leaked. Horace caught feelings over that. Um, so it's, it's lots, lots of little things. You and and uh, what people don't remember too is back that that first year after Mike had retired, when Scotty was balling out, um, him and Horace were on the team. Him and Horace was having beef, right? That year, you know, going back and forth in the media about each other. And right. like you said, he was known to be around Sam Smith. He was known to be like the 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 source, so to speak, for Sam Smith, the, the unmentioned source in a lot of situations. And even Stephen A said, he's like, in media circles, if any Bulls 
news came from Sam Smith, a lot of reporters thought it came from Horace. Right. And that doesn't come out of thin air. You know what I mean? There's there's too much smoke for there not to have been fire. My my major issue with Horace now is like some of the some of the tone with which he's speaking is real tough. You know, like he like he want to box Mike now. Where was all this fire in 90, 92? 88. <laughs> like if you want to fight, fight then. Don't <laughs> Don't do this now. A billionaire's not gonna fight you. And you know this. So it's it's really easy to then challenge him, you know, to this fight when he's clearly untouchable. You you guys are not even gonna be in the same space. So you can do this through the media. But when y'all in the locker room face to face, you got the opportunity to throw them hands if that's what you want to do. Charles Oakley gonna yeah. beat him up anyway, you come there, Mike. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Oak 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 was gone though. Oak here now. <laughs> you know, I just, I just feel like I just feel like he probably feels like, man, I got no recognition back then, and now this documentary is out, and I'm not getting no real love and mm-hmm. no recognition now. So it's like, forget you, Mike. Like, how you how you not gonna shine the light on me? How you gonna how you not gonna shine the light on Scottie Pippen? You know, how you just shine the light on you? But at the end of the day, and I think I saw this on first take too, nobody really cares about anybody else but Mike. At the end of the day, the documentary has to mainly focus on Mike because Correct. that's what's bringing the 13 million people to want to see it everywhere. Correct. Correct. Who fans and Bulls fans care about the other players and the peripheral stories, but casual people care about Mike and what Mike is doing. It's the LeBron effect in reverse. So – you exactly. either you either the old head who love Mike, you want to see it, uh, you you enjoyed that that title run, and then you want to see that confirmation and a look on people's faces when they see for sure Mike is a goat, or you're a LeBron fan, you you hating on Mike and his fans, and you looking for flaws and, and got your magnifying glass out trying to find something wrong, a crack in right. the foundation. So right, you know, it's it's that effect where it's just bringing people. To the four. Scotty, to me, he got his props. Now Horace, he didn't he didn't get a lot of shine, but you know, such is life. You were the third dude. I mean, a lot of people didn't. Dog, that's just kind of how it goes. I don't hear Cliff Levinson complain about nothing. This is what I'm saying. Nobody, Jason Caffey ain't tripping. <laughs> Jason <laughs> Caffey was happy this came out, and they never mentioned him. Right. <laughs> 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 you know, something that I found to be really, really interesting about this doc, and it specifically happened when I think episode 10, I have always maintained that I don't, I don't accept no J's past 13, right? I just don't. I don't rock with nothing past a 13. Man, when I seen Mike with them 14s out, <laughs> he came out in episode 10 and 98, I was like, whew. That was cold. Man. Yeah. I never liked him. Never liked 14. Until about three days ago. Well, Mike wear them, though. They look cold. Man, I might have to go get me a pair of them now. So, favorite Jays? Threes. I don't know. I've never owned a pair, to be honest with you. I never owned a pair. But I've always kind of taken a liking to the one in 94. Can't remember the name of it, but something, something about that one stood out to me. 
since those are, retired, but those came out. Those always look cold. Those are the Space Jams, right? Not the, no, not the black and that blue. Was That's the one after the Space Jam. It was like a black and white with those stripes. Oh, those are 11s. Nope. Space Jams were 11s. 90s. Oh, well, those are the 90s. 10s then. They had to be either the nines or the tens. With the, the, cloth, yeah, with I'm the thinking cloth the nines stripes, is right? what you're thinking of. The one with the the cloth stripes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, those are tens. Ain't a bad choice. You really, honestly, you can't go wrong with with too much of nothing. One through one through thirteen, or or now one through fourteen. I love yeah. the twelves. Um, for a couple of reasons. One, it's the only pair I've ever worn. I've only had one pair of mics. I stole my brothers and they were the twelves. And um <laughs> let me get that. <laughs> he wasn't wearing them, so I wore them. My older brother, man, he wasn't wearing them. So. And, I, and I, I felt like I went to hoop in them and I felt like Mike felt Madison Square Garden, man. My toes was blistered <laughs> up. Because my brother wore a half size smaller than me. But I was like, I'm gonna rock oh, no. mics. <laughs> and then the other reason I, I love the 12s, man, is because the high school I was in, we were in the news because the kids protested so they could wear the 12s. That's funny. But the only reason they protested because of the color scheme, and that was the reason why we couldn't wear them. Because right. color yeah. scheme lent itself. Makes sense. Certain, that was a little, little dangerous back then. Certain affiliations came came with wearing it, certain shoes. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, threes are my favorites. Eights were I, – I had one pair of J's as a kid. I had the Aqua Eights. I still to this day don't remember how I ended up getting them because my mama was not about that. No. Wasn't about that at all. 89.99, Jack. Any, one cent over. <laughs> not <laughs> happening. Yes. <laughs> if it was $40 or more, I couldn't get it. Huh? How much of them shoes? Dude, I got the uh, senior Don't you like these school. Larry Johnsons? Yes, <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> oh, I get these Larry shots. Johnsons was nice, though. They were. They actually were. That's why I picked uh, the hat. Those came to mind. Uh, Jay's was not happening in my household. My, my senior year, I had the uh, Deion Sanders, the cross trainers. The white and, and red that, joints. They was black and red. Mostly oh, yeah, the black. black and red ones. Ooh. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah, and up that was the most money my mom ever spent on shoes for me. And then when I graduated, I I bought my own shoes. First pair I bought over over ninety dollars. The Damon Stoudemire's. They were ninety four ninety nine. Wow, Damon Stoudemire. That's they were all white and had that bubble. Yes, it was decent. So we see we see that the other that's the other residual effect of this series, man, is, is the sales on, on Jordans are spiking again. And then they they doing those sneak releases like ten minutes before the start of every episode. Uh-huh. So yeah, I need to Mike, look in that because I got a market. couple pair of J's. I need to sell. Mike know how to market. Yeah. Yes. What size you wear? Well. Ah. I'll look for you. I, I can't wear them. I'm a 12, but I ain't trying to buy no shoes. I need some size 13. I don't blame you. What? I ain't like I've I've seen a couple of them releases, but I'm like, why am I buy some J's for now? 
where I'm wearing. That's how he gets you. Right before, right. right before the uh, the pandemic, man, I had just bought some brand new Air Maxes. I was like, I'm gonna rock these boys in the box. They, I'm sitting there. I'm just sitting here looking at them. <laughs> you wear from the kitchen want, to the living room. I want them to work once because I've had to go to work. But I was like, I'm not doing that again because it's been raining too much. It's got white on the soles. I'm not cleaning oh, no. out. Um, I'm nah. not going nowhere. So, but anyway, uh, we were going to talk about the Bulls moves in front management. We're going to forego that uh, again. Media episode talking about the last dance. We could probably talk about it forever, literally. Yeah, man. Um, but hey, ain't no sports going on. We got time to talk about Bulls front office. Uh, there seems to be a firing per week. So maybe next week there'll be another one. And we can talk about that. Yes, indeed. But uh, to our boy, Sean, appreciate you coming out. Cal, JB. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all fellas. It's been another appreciate episode you. of the Stay House Podcast. Check us out on social media, at Stay House Podcast, on Instagram, at Stay House Podcast, on Twitter. Uh, JB, views from the back of the class. Yes, indeed. Twitter handle. Views from the back of the class underscore pod, the most complicated Instagram name in history. But the content is fire. I'll tell you that. It is. It is. I, I rock with it. Get all your, your nerd jollies. Yes, indeed. And we found Cal. Maybe he'll come back again one day. You know me. Special guest appearances, baby. Come come through and drop a hot sixteen like right. Dre three thousand and then disappear. <laughs> then disappear. Cal out Cal uh like Nipsey on Martin. <laughs> yeah, I am, man. Appreciate y'all checking in. Appreciate everybody listening. I'll be back.